From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. With COVID cases way up, there is now talk about a third shot. We know this as a booster. But the question is, does the U.S. really need a third shot? Weigh in, Dr. B. Well, you know, Linda, this is going to be a big topic here. You know, there's a lot of countries like the Israel, Germany, Russia, that they are doing this. Um, They're vaccinating high-risk people and they're offering the vaccine. But, you know, billions around the world have not had their first vaccine. So we've got third world countries, right? Right. Exactly. The first world countries, like you say, and then even like you said, Germany, Israel are going on to a third shot. But what about Africa? What about India? Uh, I agree. There's too many people, billions that have not had their first vaccine. So we got to keep that in mind. Now, look, one thing we got to think about, Linda, is, hey, do we need them? Okay. Now, you know, scientists are not in agreement uh, about that. The U.S. right now is on the fence about it, about they're not looking at vaccinating others yet, but they're looking at it. You know, if we talk about the vaccines themselves, you know, the messenger RNA variety, which a lot of people got the Pfizer's, etc. It does, they say, wane, you know, over some months, but there's still 82 percent you know, a coverage. So some doctors say, get that shot, get that third shot right now. Shouldn't the push be towards the unvaccinated people? 90% of the COVID cases in the United States are coming from the unvaccinated. And yet we're now starting to push a little bit of focus towards those who've been vaccinated. I mean, I just think we're, we're focusing in the wrong direction. Well, look, in terms of medically, the people who are immunosuppressed, those are the people that need the most. It's really 3.5% of the population. That's like a good number. What happens is when they got vaccinated, when we all got the 95, they got maybe 82% or so. And they could use the third shot. But, oh, they're very resistant. You know, my wife is immunosuppressed. And I told her, Oh, we got to do this. Oh, no, I'm not going to do it. Okay, so, you know, I got that going on. So a lot of people think that maybe it would have been good for these people, the immunosuppressed people, to get a third shot. You and I are a little bit in disagreement about this, but that part, I do agree. If we were just doing a shoot up in Wisconsin with a woman who has no immunity, none, and she's had the vaccine, her doctors are telling her at Mayo Clinic that the third shot might be what sends her into protection. I'm all for that. I just have a problem with those of us that have been vaccinated and then all of a sudden we need a third vaccine. What is it? We have like a four to six percent chance of of getting sick, a breakthrough. And if we do, we'll be mildly sick, maybe even flu symptoms. I mean, we're not going to die. Are we as a society just getting too scared of being even a little sick? When we were kids, we'd be expected to get sick at least once a year. No big deal. 
it just seems like, oh, I'm going to get a cold. Oh, I just, I don't know. I just think we're getting a little bit over the top with being frightened of being even the least bit sick. Linda, I hear you. I think there's a lot of people listening now who feel exactly like you do. I mean, I'm going for the that 3.5% of immunosuppressed people or older people have some kind of diseases that leave them vulnerable. And um, I, I think uh, we should be giving it to people who never got vaccinated. 90% of the hospital beds are non-vaccinated people. I speak right. to the doctors all the time and they're upset, you know, doctors are human too, uh, 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 with the people that, you know, they, they could have prevented this. Hey, look, you know what I think too? In in matter of weeks, the FDA is supposed to approve the vaccines. Now, that should make a big difference to people who are also sitting on the fence who are undecided. You know, I talk to a lot of people who don't want the vaccine. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, it came too soon. It's not really good. You know, we don't know. And I think if the FDA really researched it, would come out and approve it, I think it would help a lot of people sitting on the fence. Uh, yeah, I think we need to put our efforts towards those that are not vaccinated. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to leave it with this. I feel like a lot of scientists that the vaccine should go to those who need it. And like you said, people that have a compromised immune system, those poor countries, because if fewer people around the world get vaccinated, it just makes it easier for variants to evolve. That's my stance. Well, well, you know, that's really a virology. And that is absolutely true. That if, if pure science of virology says exactly what you said, you know, the more people that develop immunity, then the less the virus can mutate to and the, it just dies off. And look, we've been around for thousands of years. That's how it works. So um, we, we hope, you know, that the people who need the vaccine, who haven't gotten it, should get it. We hope that the immunosuppressed people or the people who are vulnerable medically, they get it. And um, let, let's just get this thing over already. Oh, I know. My anxiety is impatience, really. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of anxiety, um, it's that time of year that kids are going back to school. Now, last year, when we talked about this, we did a Facebook Live. And it was, it was a different world in that kids, most of them around this country, were not going back to school in a classroom. They were going virtually. So now that most kids are now going to a bricks and mortar school, think about it, doctor. They haven't been back to school in a year and a half. Now, In a normal year, there's first day school anxiety. Imagine not seeing many of your classmates. Imagine not seeing your teacher in person. Imagine the anxiety of all of that. What do you think about this? I mean, you've been a psychiatrist for children for many, many years. The first day of school or going back to school anxiety is something that you've had to deal with for decades. I dread sometimes First day at school, you know, here is like in the middle of August or so, the end of August and then through September. Oh, it is a nightmare, okay? Because if you remember anybody who's listening, your first day at school or 
your kid's first day of school. That is a predictor of what's going to happen at this age that your kid's at. Okay. Linda, I think that people should think about their kids first day of school and let's get prepared for this. No, you're right. Because the first day of school, if it doesn't go well, it sort of sets the way for the rest of the year. If it's really bad experience, it sets the way for a lot of first, you know, first day at work, first day at sports for the rest of their lives. I mean, it's almost like a PTSD moment. I speak from my own experience. My first day at grade school, first grade was a disaster. So, I mean, I'm even having PTSD talking about this. <laughs> so anyway, I'm dying to hear your tips. I wish I'd known you when I was six years old. Why don't you run us through them? Okay. First, and this is so important, is routine, routine, routine. Okay. Get the kids back into routine. The summer's been kind of lax. You know, the kids get up when they want. They sleep when they want. You got to start now. The kids are going back to school in a few weeks. So you got to get back into routine. The same sleep and wakefulness pattern. This is how the kids get acculturated, you know, to going to school. Then, you know, uh, get together with some friends or be excited about going. Okay. And, you know, the parents need to be parents, not friends to the kids because the kids are not going to be happy uh, about this. Then I, I have parents go for test run, you know. Like, hey, okay, you got up, we're going to school, you get dressed, we're going to have a test run, you go to the front door, you, you know, and do the whole thing. Right, and then, so like a practice run. Get the kids at the run. bus yeah, stop yeah, or yeah. get them in oh, the car. Exactly. And then, you know, make dates with their friends before and after they go to school. So it's kind of valued. In other words, make it fun and valued, you know, to go back. What you're talking about is their classmates they're about to see next week have them yeah. come over before school yeah. starts and make friends or reintroduce themselves so that when they go back to school these classmates aren't strangers yeah, and they're welcoming everybody wants to see each other and everybody helps each other out you know so we've all been through this when we were kids I'll, and then listen my last tip is really important you know as parents we got to like set a good vision for the kids, a good attitude, real positive up attitude. Listen to their fears and see if you can help them develop some kind of positive attitude. And I think we're going to have a good result. You're right. You always said stay calm parents because calm parents mean calm children, positive parents mean positive children. Be confident. That's all something that's very contagious. And then speaking to COVID again, you know, we're still definitely in the COVID year. If the kids have any anxiety about that, just what you've always said, just address it, sit down and calmly address it. Yeah, you know, and I think it's the whole thing I just talked about in the end is listen to the kids. Okay. And look, the COVID things around to certainly bring it up and talk to them about it. Let them kind of borrow your ego as an adult and how you manage it so that they can manage it. So if you're calm and you listen, then 
you know, the kids are going to get a lot out of the relationship. Right. And, and you know what, having, you're, you're setting the platform or the foundation for a good school year. Absolutely. And it's so important. You know, the kids have missed developmentally, you know, this year. That means this one make it up is really important. And we're going to have to like maybe at times work hard as parents to make sure our kids get back. Well, good luck, everyone, for your first week at school coming up. And all good tips, Dr. Bregman. Really good tips. I wish oh, I wish I'd known you when I was back in grade school. <laughs> thank you, Linda. <laughs> good luck, parents. Okay, all take right. care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.